Welcome to Our Table, a podcast about games. We just got back from vacation, which was so nice. We really needed a break. It, it was, was so fun. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, we live in Utah. And so we live in Salt Lake. So we drove down with little Theo all the way down to Cedar City, which is in southern Utah, which really was only like a three and a half hour drive or something like that. But it was a wonderful break. So we went down to the Shakespearean Festival. Yeah, it was great. We go every year. And this year, one of the plays was King Henry the Fourth Part Two. I know, I know. The crowds are like banging on the door to get in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went like by myself. My parents were there, but they were like somewhere else. But I actually got a really good seat because I was like a lone person. So I was able to get a seat between two big groups of people. So I was like right in the middle, like halfway back. It was so good. You were the you were the lone person in the Adams. Not really. No, there were a lot of people. It wasn't sold out. Taming of the Shrew was sold out. It was great. That one was so funny. Oh. But you actually don't even get to see Henry the Fourth, Part One or Part Two very often. Part Two especially. But the Utah Shakespeare Festival is doing a complete the canon, so you can see all of Shakespeare's plays. They're just going through them all. So if you keep coming, you'll eventually see them all. It's pretty cool. Um, so some of the history ones just aren't done as much. Henry V has done quite a bit. Henry IV Part One, a little bit more, but still nothing compared to Romeo and Juliet, The Tempest, Midsummer Night's Dream, Twelfth Night. But I love the history plays because I love history. And one thing that's a major plot point in Henry IV Part One and Part Two is <gasps> attempted coups, and that's a lead into our topic today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so, so today we will be talking about a wonderful little game that we found. Um, I actually saw it at work to begin with. It's this little game, it's called Coup, like C-O-U-P. And we bought it for our anniversary gift. We don't yes. usually do gifts because we're really lazy, but we're like, well, it's our anniversary, so let's just buy this, and that'll be our excuse to spend money on this game. Yeah, so we went to a local game store, Game Night Games, and we bought it. And it was great, because we were able to support a local game store, which I know we should do more, but it's really hard when you can get it for so much cheaper online. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, because the local game stores are so great, but they do charge more because they, they need to, you know, it makes it, sense. It was only like $25 though, which it was game is more really like really good. $15. This game is really cheap, which is great. I mean, it's just cards. Yeah. So it's great. So I'm going to just start talking about coups in general. Yes. Before we get into game, the game itself. So okay. coup is a word of French origin and it means really specifically a highly successful, unexpected stroke, act, or move, a clever action or accomplishment. Usually this word is used in association with like people taking over a government. So you've probably heard it most in the phrase coup d'etat, which is a sudden and decisive action in politics, especially one resulting in a change of government illegally or by force. And that was first used in 1640. So another really common use of the word coup is coup de gras, which, you know, it's 
a hit or a shot that kills a person or animal that is suffering. It's also a kind, kind of applicable to this game because you're, well, you're not really killing people, but you kind of. Well, I, I just think it's applicable in the sense, well, we'll get to this, but sometimes it's like miserable at the end and you just have to do one you're last kind of, blow. Yeah, you're or like, be like suffering there at the end over. of the game. Let's just, let's just get them out of here. Yeah. So, coup de gras is kind of sad, but it's like if in the old days when you had a dog that was like dying, you just like shoot it. That's a coup de gras. Yeah. It means like strike of grace or something. Yes. So. Okay. I have some famous coups to talk about. Yes. I was Sorry. about to jump into the game. No. I'm so excited about no, this No, no. I had to do more history. I know. History is important. <laughs> you go. So you I go. thought I would talk about some famous coups. And if you look at the list on Wikipedia of coups that have happened in the world. I mean, it's like every year there's some type of coup. They happen all the time. They still happen in this day and age. One of the most famous ones is in 44 BCE on the Ides of March. Julius Caesar was killed. It was one, about one month after he had appointed himself dictator for life. He was kind of freaking out the members of the Senate. They did not like that idea, but it it's kind of interesting because his assassination kind of really ended the Republic in Rome and started this long line of emperors in Rome, and that lasted for a while. So that's famous, another Shakespeare coup. So you know, he was stabbed by a bunch of people and they killed him and la-di-da, joyful. Coup de gras. That, that's more of a coup d'etat. He was living, he was, he was, he was on top of his game. Right. A coup de gras is like if he would yes. was like almost dead and they're like, let's well, get this over with. He was suffering like coup de gras. No. No, coup d'etat. Another one that's so famous, I hear people talk about it all the time, is the 1605 Guy Fox and a gunpowder plot. So this was a failed attempt to kill King James I in England. There was 36 gun, so 36 barrels of gunpowder were placed under the House of Lords in Parliament. So King James was not being nice to Catholics, he was persecuting them, so the plotters wanted to overthrow him and instate his nine-year-old Catholic daughter onto the throne. This was thwarted. This did not really happen. Um, I know it's big in popular culture based on, I think, V for Vendetta is like a futuristic version of this. If this plot had been carried out, it would be like one of the worst terror attacks in history even now. Like, it was a really big deal and Luckily, it wasn't successful. Was King James the first a super cool guy? Eh, I don't know, but let's not like blow people up, you know? Yeah, not <laughs> the best. <laughs> I know people are like really into this history story, and I know about it, but I'm not as fascinated with it for some reason. It doesn't, I don't get the whole pop culture hype. I don't know. I don't know either. Whatever, but it's interesting. In 1804, Napoleon became emperor. By a coup! No way. <laughs> I actually legitimately did not know that. Yeah. So, you know, there was the whole French Revolution. Yes. Napoleon undid all of that. Oh. So, like, for us, we had a revolution, not a coup, here in America, United States. But in France, they had the revolution, but then Napoleon came back, and they kind of went back to having an emperor for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So he seized political power in France in 1799. He crowned himself emperor in 1804. Um, 
this is like a theme. You like have a coup and then you like crown yourself emperor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, you know, it's the popular thing. It's all the rage these days. Those, um, well, it literally days. still is, but the coups that happen nowadays are just, maybe it's just because they're really happening, but like they're Not. more brutal and with machine guns and it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know I said earlier that, you know, America, the United States was not born out of a coup. That was just a revolution. But the U.S. has been involved in a coup. I'm not even joking about this. <laughs> Explain. So in 1893, Sanford Ballard Dole, yes, the very Dole of Dole fruit, like Dole pineapples. Dole bananas. So he overthrew the government of Hawaii. So the U.S. like <laughs> didn't do it, but they were like in the know and the navy was there like hanging out just in case stuff went bad because they're like we gotta protect the u.s citizens yeah so there was a queen i don't know how to say her name it's like lulu kalani lulu kalani she was overthrown and so that's that's why i mean there was a series of events but basically that led to hawaii becoming a state gotcha so I have one last one. This one's very famous as well. This is a failed coup. So in 1944, there's the Valkyrie plot. It was a failed failed plot to kill Adolf Hitler. So they brought in this bomb. There were these conspirators, and they brought this bomb into this what was called the Wolf Slayer. Klaus von Stauffenberg was this German army officer. He wanted to overthrow Hitler. Um, the bomb exploded. Four others died, but not Hitler. Wow. And after this, the Gestapo was, like, super mad, and it led to the arrest of at least 7,000 people, and, like, a ton of people died and were killed, because that's what the Nazis did. So those just an example of... Those are just some examples of coups in history, and now we're going to talk about this game. The game. So, coup takes place in a futuristic society... Um, the basic, the basis of the game is that you are basically, each player is a very wealthy individual who has, you know, has enough money and has great influence in court. And so on your turn, um, as you go around, so it's played clockwise, you just have a starting player and it goes clockwise from there. So on your turn, you must take one action. These actions include, you know, income, foreign aid, staging a coup. So each action has an effect. So for example, income allows you to take a coin from the central pile, which basically just be earning money or whatever it may be. You then can use that money to stage a coup. Staging a coup costs seven coins. So every player starts out the game with two influence. In, these influence allow you to take special actions, such as the, there's the duke, the assassin, the ambassador, the captain, and the contessa. And each of them can do certain actions. Yes. So the duke can tax, so which allows him to take three coins on his turn, rather than the one coin, which is the income, or foreign aid, which is taking two coins. So income foreign aid, staging a coup, that's, anyone can do that, no matter what. But one thing great about the Duke, many of these, you know, characters that you have influence over in court, they have what are called counteractions. So, for example, if you have a Duke, 
and someone else attempts to take foreign aid, which is taking two coins, you can block that. You say, you know, I block foreign aid, and then they don't get their coins. The assassin, you can pay three coins to attempt to assassinate another player's influence. So like I said, each player begins play with two influence. If you lose one of your influence, either by assassination or by coup, you turn it face up. Once both of your influence are gone, you're out of that game, or out of that round. So the assassin allows you to pay three coins to it. So basically it's three coins instead of seven to assassinate someone. But the, di the difference is, if someone has a Contessa, they can block the assassination. Whereas the coup, there's nothing you can do to block. It's a guarantee. You pay seven coins, guaranteed. No matter what, you can just eliminate someone's influence. The ambassador allows you to exchange your cards. So you you know pick up two cards from the deck of cards that's you know in the middle. You look at your four cards and pick two of those four to keep, and then you put the other two underneath the deck. The captain allows you to steal two coins from another player. It also allows you to block stealing if someone else were to try to steal coins against you. The ambassador also allows you to block stealing. So, but there's a catch to all of this. You explain. What's the catch? Like what? This is all fun and great, but this would be make for a pretty boring game if it was just this. Well, because your influence cards are face down, no one else can see them but you. So you can do whatever you want you can claim to have any card even if you don't have it because no one can really see what your influence is so you can do any action even if you're not technically permitted to by the cards you actually have it's up to the other players to challenge each other and if you lose a challenge if you're caught in your bluff you will lose a card and you only have two cards, so it's actually a big deal. Yeah, so it's really risky. So if you, you know, say you pretend to have an assassin, you don't really have an assassin, but you say, you know, I'm going to assassinate you. The person really, the person you're assassinating, or anyone else at the table, if they don't really think you have an assassin, they can they can challenge you. Say, you know, I challenge that. I don't think you really have an assassin. At this point, if you do not have the assassin. You have to you lose an influence and you reveal one of your cards. If you do have an assassin, you reveal the assassin, and the person who challenged you loses an influence. So during a challenge, someone always loses an influence. And it is risky to challenge. It is because you're putting one of your cards on the line. So this is what you know, makes this game so fun and fascinating. Is there's so much. You know, there's so much risk and reward in, involved in this. And it's, you know, it's all, I mean, it's great because you can, you, there's two different, you know, kind of strategies. You can play totally honest and just do what your cards tell you you can do. And then it's great because then when people challenge you, they lose an influence. Or you, if you've got a good poker face and you're really good at lying, you can try and, you know, bluff your way through. Even if you're not really good at lying, it's still fun to do this. So you don't have to lie. No. I know some people just don't like lying, even if it's in a game setting. Yeah. You don't have to lie. And However, I feel like I have a hard time winning if I don't lie. But maybe it's because I'm not as good at the game playing honest. It's interesting, though, because I have won many times by playing totally honest. I feel like I win more if I lie. If I play honest, I'm not winning. It also depends on what cards you get. Yeah. And who you're playing with. That's the funny thing, because... 
playing with different people will drastically change the type of game that you end up playing. And it's it's just, I don't know, I love this game, partly because it's, it is really relatively simple. And, you know, overall, it's just, it is so fun. The artwork is beautiful. It is. I wish we, I wish we could show you the artwork. <laughs> you can go online and you can look it up. Let's talk about some of the specs. Okay. So, you, you can play with two people. It's a very interesting game of two, oh, very yeah. fast. It is. It's you fun. can play up to six people. There are also expansions. Um, there is an expansion called Coup Reformation. We haven't tried it. We can't really say much about it other than it exists. Yes. So, I've, I've heard I've heard that it's, you know, basically I've heard that it's not as fun as regular Coup, but I think it may have been because they were playing with only like four, three or four people. The thing with, you know, Coup Reformation is it expands it up to... Is this right, or am I going to be this confused? I don't know if there's an expansion just to make it for more people, or if there's a separate expansion for Coup Reformation. I think Coup Reformation is the one that takes it up to... You can play with up to ten people. It's like five to ten. Anyway, so we haven't played that. You know, maybe we'll do a, a mini... You know, we'll do we'll an do insert sometime on once we get that and try it out. So skills you need... To be good at coup. Okay, I would say, you know, if you're gonna go the treachery, deceitful route, you've got to be good at at lying. One way or another, like bluffing. You've, you've got yeah, your bluff check has got to be pretty high. Bluffing sounds better than lying. But you're, <laughs> yeah, okay. Card counting is also really useful. It really, especially if you're playing with. A lot of people. A lot of people. It's easy to card. If you fake the ambassador, you can look at the cards that are in the deck, and with that knowledge and with what other people do, you can kind of count cards and be like, okay, I, I think, you know, with knowing what I have and what's in, what's left in the in the deck, you know, I can kind of, you can kind of deduce, I'm really bad at this, by the way, you can, but you can deduce what people have and call people out. We're both bad at this, but I can see how it would be very possible if you have card counting skills, you can yes. totally, like, win at this game yes lie detecting is also great especially if you're choosing to play truthfully and play exactly the cards you get you yeah. want to be able to detect if other people are lying so if you're playing with people you know really well that's a plus it's true do you think you can tell when i'm lying um often yes but in coup not necessarily so in I real life like... you can't but not in coup <laughs> maybe i don't know like i I feel like you never lie to me in real life, so I I don't know. Maybe that's well, why you don't know that. Sure, <laughs> I don't. But that's probably why I have a hard time because I don't ever really see you lie, so I don't really know what to look for. I feel like the few times you have lied, I have not caught it. It's really, it's kind. Of, that's kind of interesting. The other thing you could do is you know hook everyone up to a polygraph, and no, just kidding. Polygraphs are no boy no. They aren't, and they're not very effective. No. That was more of a joke, my dear. <laughs> Anyway, we've loved this game. We can play multiple rounds at a time because it's really short. It takes 15 minutes, way less if you're only playing with if two. You're playing people. with two people. Like I, so I played this game with my brother-in-law, and we would we'd blow through games in like 30 seconds a game. So we just play one round after another after another. Because with two people, it doesn't take very long before one of you is dead because it's just you only have one opponent you're trying to just take out. It's that's, I think, another thing I love about this and that has made it really fun for us is it's a 
such a good two-person game. Yeah. And we love long-form strategy games a lot. They're great, but we don't always have the time to play them on an evening. So it's nice to have a little card game we can pull out, play it for a while. It's been great. We've just been binging on this game, and we've loved it so much. We're like, we got to talk about it on the podcast because it's yeah. great. It's been out since 2012 um, by Ricky Tata. It's a great game. Not super new, but I don't know. It's not... Not that old either, and yeah. I just want to spread the word. This is a fun game, people. Go so get it. So fun. And it's and the best. Like, I just can't like express how excited I was that like it's such a good game, and yet it's really quite cheap. Like it's on Amazon, it was like twelve bucks, or you can go to your local game store, which I highly you know say do that because it's like fifteen bucks at a you know at least at our game store it was like fifteen dollars. And it's great because then you have it right then and you're supporting a local business. But, yeah. Coup. It is, it is so fun. Go check it out. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can find us on our website at OurTablePodcast.com. And also, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash OurTablePodcast. We don't have very many likes right now. That's true. So I would, you know, please, if you do listen, you have a comment or anything you want to say, leave a comment either on Facebook or on our home on the web, ourtablepodcast.com. We want to, as always, send a special thanks to our audio engineer, Cliff Newman. He's fantastic at getting these, you know, all ready for us to be able to post. So thank you, Cliff. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Every little bit helps us so much. It helps us reach other people. And, yeah, it makes us feel good. (laughs) And with that, have a wonderful night or day, depending on we're recording at night. That's why I said night. But enjoy your time and go get Koo. It's amazing. Okay, bye.